All right, we're going to talk. We're talking about praying secrets from Gethsemane. We're talking about prayer today and learning about how Jesus prayed. Don't you want to know how Jesus prayed? He's our example. Remember, the disciples saw such great results when Jesus prayed. They said, "What? Teach us to pray." Lord, how do you do that? How do you go and pray that all of a sudden the miracles happen and people get healed and multiply the loaves and the fishes and all these great things happen? He says, teach us to pray. So on one occasion, he takes them up to the Garden of Gethsemane, Mount Olives, and he says, sit here. Well, he told the eight, sit here. Let's see this uh, slide here. Oh, no. Let's go back. I'm sorry. He tells eight of them just to sit here. Don't pray. Then he takes Peter, James, and John with him, and he says, now I want you to pray. Not only pray, but what? Watch and pray. Well, what does that mean? Does that mean like physically look? No, it means spiritually keep your, antenna, your spiritual antennas up. Be interested in finding out what the Lord is speaking to you, what the uh, uh, dangers are coming your way. These, uh, these apostles had no idea that Jesus was going to get wiped out in a few hours. He was going to get sacrificed on a cross. He was going to be massacred. They just thought, oh, well, we had a nice dinner, beautiful dinner up there in the upper room there. That was wonderful. And God, Jesus said some things. It was nice. Then we take a little walk in the garden. Now we're going to pray. <laughs> Peter and James and John, they all fell asleep. And Jesus said, I wanted you to watch and pray because you don't know what's coming down the pike. A lot of times we pray, we pray, we pray, and something broadsides us, and we say, I don't know how that happened. I didn't know where that came from. That's because you weren't watching. You weren't paying attention. You weren't listening to the Lord speaking to you. You better be careful about that person. You better not do this. You better not go there. You better, you know, do this. God directs us while we're praying, so you watch and pray. (laughs) I, I can remember a time in our first church where we had a prayer meeting, and we'd pray every Wednesday for an hour from 7 to 8 at night. And it was a glorious event. And we had people praying, the elders and the deacons, and we were praying to God, oh, Jesus, <laughs> thank you, Lord, for your provision. Thank you for the increase. Thank you for all that you're doing in our hearts and our lives. And we were having a good old time. It was great. Praise the Lord. Eight o'clock, we just slapped each other on the back. So that was a great meeting. And we went into the pastor study, and all of a sudden, the deacon comes in. He goes, hey, while we were praying, somebody stole my truck. The pastor said, well, wasn't anybody watching while we were praying? What happened? <laughs> You don't know what's happening while you're praying. But Pastor Chuck, who had heard a CD about how this guy from uh, Korea, I think you know him, Paul Youngie Cho, had a big church, 500000 at the time. Now I think it's a million. He said somebody took $2,000 from him out of a briefcase. And so what he did is he got the elders to pray. He said, let's pray that the Holy Spirit would make it uncomfortable uncomfortable for that person, that he would get you know, uh, the heebie-jeebies and, and that, that he returned the money. And so what he did is they prayed. And a week later, somebody brought the the suitcase with the $2,000. And he said, the man that took it said, this is funny money. Every time I try to spend it, I start getting the shakes. I start getting nervous. I start, you know, it it just, it doesn't feel right. You can have it. I don't want it. I said, gentlemen, let's pray that prayer. Sure enough, we prayed. The deacon went out and made a police report, and we prayed, Lord, I just thank you that your Holy Spirit captures that person, arrests them, causes them to have conviction, and wants to turn in the car. So we're praying. A half hour later, half hour later, we get a call from the police. Oh, we found your car, 
It was in the middle of the street. It was running. The lights were on. The door was open. The guy just took off and ran, went running. I go, praise the Lord. <laughs> Watch and pray. Let the Lord speak to you and tell you the things that you need to do. Amen? Amen. So, so prayer is a, a, a privilege. It's an honor to go to God in prayer. Amen? It, it's when we pray, we invite God into our situation. Can you imagine that the creator of all the universe is saying, come to me, talk to me, and I'll fulfill the desires of your heart? What a wonderful invitation it is. There's good results that come from prayer. The Bible says, let your requests be made known unto God, and the peace of God which passes all understanding will guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. Don't you want to have peace? Put God into the situation? Amen. So, uh, you know, David told Solomon, if you seek the Lord, he will be found of you. If Jesus and the Lord was playing hide-and-go-seek, could we find him? No. If he didn't want to make himself known to us, he could just be in heaven and just watch us pray. But the Bible says when we seek him, he makes himself known to us. Isn't that wonderful? What a great invitation that is. So prayer is a private, personal encounter into the intimacy with God. It's an alone time. It's separation to be with Him. So let's look at some of the scriptures that God talks about as far as prayer. In Proverbs 15, verse 8, it says, The sacrifice of the wicked is an abomination to the Lord, but the prayer of the upright is His delight. Isn't that nice to know? He's delighted when you pray. You're not burdening Him. You're not putting Him out. You say, come, I want to hear what you have to say. But the sacrifice of the wicked is an abomination. You know, I remember this story about this young boy that was on the front row. And uh, it was one of those quiet churches, you know, where they don't talk much and they don't laugh or nothing. And this kid was standing up on the chair and talking to the people next behind him and, you know, looking, just talking, causing a lot of trouble, right? Finally, the mother took him up and was going to go spank him, right? And all the church people said, yeah. Take care of him. Hit him good. You know, make sure he pays for all the <laughs> evil he's been doing to us. Wh- whack him good. <laughs> and the boy, we know about prayer. He, as he's going, he goes, pray for me, y'all. Pray, pray, pray for me, y'all. Pray. <laughs> it's too late. You already <laughs> did wrong. Amen. <laughs> I can remember Charles when he was a young boy. He was on the front row. He was acting up. And, and it was a big church, big, long, you know, uh, aisle way there. And uh, so Marianne took him, and she said, Mommy, where are we going? I'm going to spank you. And she went down the aisle, and Mr. Lawyer here, oh, Mama, we don't have to do this. You know, I can behave. You know, we don't have to. Don't hit me. Oh, whatever you don't, don't hit me. And the whole church is watching him go down the aisle. And then you can hear him in the foyer, you know. Oh, no, no, don't hit me, don't hit me. <laughs> And the pastor looked at me like, can you get control of that situation? <laughs> so I told my wife, I go, next time, don't tell him on the front row. Wait till he gets to the back. <laughs> so we, we incorporated. Okay, so. The, the prayer of the upright is his delight. Next slide says what? 
Jeremiah 33, 3 says, call unto me and I will, what, answer thee. Not put you on hold. Not, not get back to you. I'll answer thee and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. Arturo and I were having lunch the other day. He goes, you know that scripture in Jeremiah somewhere? It says he'll show you mighty things that you know not of. I go, yeah, I'm going to use that on Sunday. He goes, that's a great scripture, isn't it? It is a great scripture. You want to get an inside track on what's happening in, the, in your world and in life? He says, call upon me and I will show you. I will show you things that you don't know. We don't know it all, right? We need to get into the spirit realm and see what God has for us, and then we'll see uh, his direction. I think one more, two more, one more. Isaiah 65, 24, and it shall come to pass that before they call, I will answer. What? Before they call, I, you got a problem? He said, I'm already answering it before you call. While you're yet speaking, I will hear you. What kind of God are we serving? I, you come to him and you say, you know, I got this problem. Yeah, I'm working on it already. I, I, got, I got the plans. What, what's the problem? And then you, you have to voice it out. Did you know that you have to voice it out? He wants to hear you say it. Remember when um, uh, uh, Jesus would come uh, uh, up, up to a blind man and he would say, what do you want me to do? <laughs> My eyes. I want to see. Well, Jesus wanted to have him say it. You got to say it first so that he can do it. Then a lot of times he'd say to the person, do you believe that I'm able to do this? He wants, you to, he wants to hear from you. Do you believe? Do you know that I can do it? What do you want? Let, just, I know one time we had a, a, a financial burden at the other church, and we had $7,000 worth of debt that uh, we had to you know, pay. So I wrote all, all the checks, $7,000 worth of checks, put them on my desk. I didn't mail them. Amen. I didn't give them by faith. <laughs> I put them on my desk, and my wife and I, we went on a vacation to San Diego for that weekend, and, and while she was getting ready, I'd be praying to the Lord, Lord, you're the great God. You're the mighty God. You're a wonderful God. You can do all things. I know you're a powerful God. I know you're great. And I just did this for about a day and a half, and finally he says, get up. What do you want? Oh, uh, I need those $7,000 worth of bills to be paid. He said, granted. Sure enough, went to church on that Sunday, and uh, we had church. Everything was normal, and the pastor went up to me and says, I wanted to show you this. He says, this lady came and gave me a check for $10,000. I just wanted to let you see this. He didn't know I was praying. And the only words that came out of my mouth was, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Amen? Not, not asking God for something is like going into a restaurant and, and have the waitress come to you and say, well, uh, would you like something to eat? Yeah, you know, I just love coming into here because, you know, the atmosphere is so nice and the, the, the seats are so cushiony. Uh, what would you like to eat? Well, you know, the service is so great here. I love it and I love the curtains and the, the chef is wonderful. But, but do you want something to eat? You, you can't get anything unless you speak it out of your mouth. God can't work in your life if you don't speak it out of your mouth. But you know what? The devil wants to shut you up. Did you know that? You feel that sometimes when it's so insurmountable, you don't know what to pray, how to pray, what to say to the Lord. It doesn't seem like it's working in the past. What am I going to do? He wants to shut you up, but you got to get it out of your mouth. Help. It's my kids, <laughs> my wife, <laughs> my finances. I need some help. All he needs is just a little crack 
Just some kind of word that he can do it, right? When he asked the man, do you believe that I'm able to do it? All he said was, yay, Lord. He didn't say, yeah, I know you're the almighty God and quote a scripture and all that stuff. He just said, yay, Lord. He can do it. Okay, Luke 18, 1. He says, and he spake a parable unto them to this end, that men ought always to pray and not faint. Always pray and not faint. What does that mean? That means lose heart, give up, and stop praying. You ought to always pray. Sometimes we don't get it the way we want it or the timing that we want it. He says, don't give up. Men ought always to pray. So let's go to the Mount of Olives. Here's Jesus, and he has these eight people. Now, it's interesting that these eight disciples, he didn't ask them to pray. He just said, just sit here. But the three, Peter, James, and John, he took with them. And here's what he did in the Gethsemane. Let's look at the scripture. The next slide. Then cometh Jesus with them unto a place called Gethsemane. Gethsemane means what? Oil press. Press in. Jesus was being pressured by the circumstances, the situations. You ever get pressed by things? You got to go somewhere and pray to Jesus. Pray to the Lord. And, and, and he said unto the disciples, sit here while I go and pray yonder. And he took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee and began to be sorrowful and very heavy. This is serious. And he said unto them, my soul is exceeding sorrowful, even unto death. This is, this is the Son of God, Almighty God, in the flesh, saying, I'm exceeding sorrowful. So he went through the same temptations that we did. He went through the same pressures that we go through. Far greater, but he can relate to us. He can identify with our situations, whatever we're going through. And, you know, it's funny how sometimes our soul is exceedingly sorrowful, but then when he heals us or, or takes care of the situation, we just go, oh, that wasn't so bad. Ah, we got through that one. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. <laughs> Even unto death. So I mentioned last week that he was sweating great drops of blood and uh, that's because it was coming through his pores, coming through his sweat glands, and the blood that was coming forth from his blood vessels, that he would have died a premature death. He would have died right there if the angels hadn't strengthened him. He said, stay here and watch with me. And he went a little farther and fell on his face and prayed, saying, oh, my father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as thou wilt. Let's see a picture of this. I wanted to show this picture of Jesus. You know, he was in agony. He was in torment. He was sweating. He was, he was pouring his heart out to the Lord. It wasn't a dignified prayer like they see some of those pictures where he's just like, you know, perfectly, you know, face with the light shining. Oh, Father, please help me. No, he's, he's out there putting it all out before the Lord. And, you know, I, I used this prayer today, uh, last week at my job, because I'm, I've been working there for 17 years. I got six months left. And they want to give me this assignment that is just mind boggling, complicated, and, you know, just wear me out. <laughs> so I went in to my friend, the, the director, and I said, Oh, director, if it be possible, <laughs> let this cup pass before me. <laughs> Nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. <laughs> I felt like saying, you know, I've been here for 17 years. You know, Jesus could have said, hey, I, 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 for 33 and a third years, I did everything you told me to do. I preached the gospel. I healed the sick. I brought in those, you know, the lepers and brought in people to the kingdom of God. Can't we just leave it as it is and just, you know, go on home? <laughs> 
And so I said the same thing to her. I've been here for so long. I've been on committees. I've helped. I've inspired. I've prayed. Can't I just go home the way you're doing this to me? <laughs> she wasn't moved. <laughs> and God, God wasn't moved either by Jesus' prayer because sometimes you've got to go through some things. Isn't that true? Well, I don't want to forgive that person. Oh, I, I don't want to love that person. I don't want to buy that person a gift for, for their baby shower. I don't really like that person. I, I don't want to sit on the bus with that person, that smelly person. I don't want to sit on <laughs> Sometimes you've got to just go through. Amen? Praise the Lord. If Jesus was here, he'd straighten us all out, wouldn't he? He said, what you all two arguing about? <laughs> what you do, what, what's your problem, Okay. Because when he comes, the glory comes, and all of a sudden we're in the spirit, and all of a sudden, because I, I had this revelation, we're all going to be in heaven, aren't we, most of us here? Okay. <laughs> if we all get to heaven, if we all see Jesus, what a glorious day that it will be. Okay, but in heaven, guess what? We're not going to have our same personalities. I mean, we're not going to have our same, you know, I don't like you, and you don't like me, and I don't, you know, I have this problem. But no, all of a sudden, we're clear, we're clean, we're purified, and everything holy. And, and so, all these things are going to be removed, and we're going to have to get along with each other. Come on, talk to me. Amen? <laughs> because we won't have all these hang-ups, you know. Why did you say that? I don't know why you said that. <laughs> Why'd you look at me that way? <laughs> anyway, where was I? <laughs> Jesus is petitioning. I was petitioning. Now, oh yeah, sometimes we got to go through some things. Now, now, interestingly enough, let's go to the next slide. And he came to the disciples and found them asleep, and he said to them, Peter, what could you not watch with me one hour? Okay, uh, let's go down to verse 42. It says, he went away again the second time and prayed, saying the same thing. So guess what? The first time he prayed... He didn't get a big voice from heaven saying, my son, my son, I just need you to do this. I just need you to go on the cross. He didn't, he didn't tell him again. Jesus already knew he was supposed to go through it. And sometimes we know we got to go through these things. You don't need a voice from heaven. You don't need God telling you to love one another. You don't need that. You just got to do it. You know, sometimes my wife and I will agree on something. And uh, about a week later, I'll say, I'll try to revisit it and say, you think it would be okay if I did this? <laughs> Just look at me like, what do you think? <laughs> In other words, we already talked about that. We already decided on that. What you need to ask me again for, right? Jesus, he didn't need to ask the Father if it be, if it be thy will. He already knew it was his will. But guess what? Jesus didn't hear a voice. He knew in his spirit what he was supposed to do. We know in our spirits what we're supposed to do. We don't need a voice from heaven to tell us to do things, to forgive, to love, to help people that need help. Amen? Quietness, Presbyterian Church. And so <laughs> he come unto his disciples and found them asleep and said unto what? Peter, one person. Peter, why are you sleeping? Why did he pick out Peter? Because Peter made the bold declaration, I'll follow you forever. Peter was his number one. He says, upon this rock I'll build my church. Peter was numero uno. With much is uh, required, much, much is given, much is required. He needed, Peter, need, if anybody was going to do it, at least Peter. The higher we get in the things of God, the more demand is upon us to do the things of God and the will of God. Peter, 
What? <laughs> what are you doing? What's the matter with you? You got to be kidding. What are you doing sleeping? I thought you just said. Does he say that to us? What? <laughs> I'm trying to pick out somebody that <laughs> won't get mad at me. Vivian. <laughs> Vivian, what are you doing? What's the matter with you? <laughs> Can't you make peace with your mother? Come on, what's the matter? <laughs> she did, thank God, praise God. <laughs> Could you not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray that you enter not into temptation. Oh my God, that we enter not into temptation. What is that all about? Are we tempted here on this earth to do things that we don't want to do? Of course we are, right? But you would think the way the world is going that people can't overcome temptation, that temptation is stronger than what, we, that what, the, what it's on the inside of us. Like the Lord can't you know, deliver us from these things. The Bible says that in Colossians 1.13 that we have been translated from the kingdom of darkness and delivered into the kingdom of his dear son. We've been translated, we've been delivered, we've been out of the power. We have power to overcome every situation that we're facing. But if you look at the Christian, even the Christians, they're, they're stuck on drugs, they're doing evil, they're killing, they're doing all these kinds of things, but the Bible says that we have power over the enemy, power over those things. But we, we, what, what things do we say? Oh, I can't give that up. It, it's too hard. I'm addicted to that. I, I, I can't walk away from that, right? The Bible says mortify the members that are with you, that are in you. It's okay. You know, people say, it's okay. Don't deny yourself. You deserve it. Everything, everyone is doing it. Yeah, but not the child of God. Not the one that loves, loves him so much and he loves us so much he gave his life for us. No, we have, we have a power over the enemy. So, uh, he says, pray that you enter not into temptation. Here's, here's the nature of man. The spirit indeed is willing but the flesh is weak. So if you're sinning, what? Your flesh is weak. Your spirit is not strong enough to overcome. You have to make a determination. I am not going to do this. I'm going to live for my Lord. And, okay, here's, here's one way to overcome temptation. Just do something else. You know, it, let's make it easy. If you get, have a problem eating, just do something around dinner time. You know, work out, go play basketball, uh, you know, do something. That way you're not tempted. It's hard to sit around and look at the refrigerator and go, I'm not going to eat anything in there. Mm -mm, I am not. <laughs> How long does that last? <laughs> you can't suppress it. You have to replace it with, you know, you have to find a different love. You have to find a love for God, reading his word. That's why fasting is so good. It, it takes away all those desires and cravings that we have. So he went away again the second time and prayed, saying, Oh, my father, if this cup... May not pass away from me, except I drink it. Thy will be done. Okay, next, next slide. Got to move a little quick, quickly here. Well, you know, they, he kept coming back to them. They kept, they kept sleeping. Isn't that how we are sometimes in the morning? Okay, we're going to pray, you know, half hour today, every day. Praise the Lord. <sighs> that snooze button. <laughs> what did Ernie say? I have, he's, he comes to our praise meetings uh, at 11 o'clock. He said, you have it in your, fi in your, in your what would you say you had it in your, in your, your reminder for five years? Yeah, five years. <laughs> five years that you're, that in the future or in the past? 
in the future. Oh, oh. oh wow, wonderful. Okay, so five, he has a five-year reminder that he's going to pray. What time? In the morning when you get up. For the service over here. Okay. Praise the Lord. Amen. They didn't have that, that, that luxury, the disciples. They didn't have a snooze alarm. So verse 46 says, Rise, let us be going. Behold, he has at hand that doeth, that doth betray him. What did he say? Forget it. Sleep on. You missed it. Okay, next scripture. So Jesus, we're going to find out the uh, four points as a reminder from last week, and then move into the three points, he went to find a place, a secret place, a place where he could be alone, where he can get into the spirit of the Lord. Let's look at the uh, first thing is, is that we have to find a place where we can be comfortable to pray. You know, sometimes you, whatever it takes, a picture or music or just the surroundings, just puts you into a way that you want to pray. Who was it? Andrea said that she got a prayer room now. Just all set up, she feels comfortable. As soon as you walk in, you just feel like, okay, it's time to pray, right? You, you find a place that's designated holy unto the Lord to pray. These people are praying uh, on, their, on their bed, praise the Lord. And then the next thing is make it personal. The Lord wants to hear us pray from our own mouth. He wants to hear it from us. Amen? I talked about that, about where Jesus... Um, wants to hear us pray, hear us make a petition unto him. The third thing is a posture. He took a position of humbleness and brokenness. He fell on his face. You know, kneeling and bowing and laying before him shows intensity, shows that you're serious about it. You know, if you, if you are excited about something, even in church, you're on the edge of your seat, you want to hear more, right? If you're at a movie and you want, you, you want to see what's happening, you're like, oh, I want to see. But if you don't care, you just, oh, Lord, just take care of it, you know. I'm tired, do your will in this situation. It doesn't show the intensity or desire, right? Next thing is, so this man is intense. It's, it sends a message, doesn't it, to the Lord? I'm serious. Purpose. Jesus had a purpose in his prayer. He wanted to get the will of God in his life and get strength for his assignment. He wanted to hear from God. You know, and uh, one, one key to hearing from God is, Sit and get alone in your secret place, pray, hear some music, and then just write down what you think the Lord is speaking to you from your heart. And that same voice that you hear when you read the Bible, I thought the same thing. <laughs> Looks a little bit like Vivian, doesn't it? Vivian's sister. <laughs> um, let, let the Lord uh, journal through you, because that's the way he wrote the Bible. He went through men to, to, to write what he was trying to tell us through apostles and prophets. Amen? So that's how you journal to see what the Lord is speaking to you. Um, and, and here's another secret. You ready for this? <laughs> the Lord will move in your life when you're doing something for him. No sense talking to somebody if they're not doing anything. You don't need to steer a parked car. You just, but if you're driving and you're moving and you're going somewhere, God wants to direct you. We can remember when, when uh, my wife and I we were working in the tape ministry. Well, she was, and I was helping her, thing I didn't really want to do. But Lord, if you, know, if you could take this cup from me. <laughs> but I had to go through it. So anyway, we were believing for a house, 
And so we're working in this convention in Cleveland, and we never got into the service because we were working. And I got in a few here and there, but the, the minister walked by, and he looked at us, and he said, uh, are you believing for a house? And my wife jumped up, yes, oh, praise God. And I said, and? <laughs> he said, well, the Lord is preparing a house for you. So I was working in, the, we were working for God, and God was rewarding us and speaking to us. So when you're working for God and doing things for him, he'll direct you, he'll guide you, he'll take care of you. Praise God. Amen. So as a recap from last week, we want to find a place that we can be alone with him, be comfortable, be personal, speak it out of your own mouth. You don't have to have an accessory group that's going to do it for you. You have to speak it yourself. You've got to have the posture and a purpose. And so now the next three, and we'll finish with these three, is partnership. You know, as Jesus called people, his apostles to be with him, to pray with him. He didn't, want to, he didn't pray alone. We have to find people that we can pray with. Uh, that, that, you know, the Bible says that one can put a thousand to flight, two can put 10,000 to flight. A threefold cord is not easily broken. When you join and partner with somebody, you have power when you pray. There's things that happen. You know, there's a combustion that happens. It says, if two or more of you are gathered together in my name, whatever you pray, it'll be done for you of my Father. Amen? But you know what we found out is people are not open and honest with each other. They don't tell each other what they're, what they're going through, what they're fighting, what they're battling. They don't say, you know, uh, uh, hi, uh, my name is Pastor Chuck, and I, I have a problem with gossiping, okay? So don't tell me any of your secrets, because I'll probably tell everybody. <laughs> <laughs> It, 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 we don't have those things, do, do we? Hello, uh, nice to meet you. I have an anger problem, okay? So <laughs> if you get too close, I'm going to bite, okay? I just want to let you know. <laughs> no, we have to be open and honest with people and say, hey, this is, I got this problem. You know, I, we're doing this anger management uh, thing over here. I, I'm finding out I'm getting more mad. <laughs> I don't know if I'm getting more mad. I'm just being exposed to it. Oh, I, I, I'm... I'm flipping my lid on this thing. What's happening? <laughs> I, I looked ahead to figure out when they find out if you're under stress a lot that you will get angry. So I'm figuring, okay, I must be under stress. But, um, but, but prayer partners will strengthen you and help fight the devil off of you. Amen? You have to be open and honest. I'm taking this, this, this class. It's called Mentoring and Coaching. And so what a mentor does, he goes to the person he's mentoring and saying, well, you know, how have you doing this week? How is your sin life? Have you committed any sin? Have you done anything? you have any temptations? What's going on? And at the end of the questions, like 10 questions, it says, uh, are, you, are you telling me the truth? <laughs> like if you were going to lie up there, you're going to lie down here, aren't you? And then the question after that is, uh, whatever you ask, are you lying now? <laughs> it's like, oh, man, got to be open and honest with where you're at, and especially with the Lord. Say, Lord, this is my problem. What's going on? Why am I upset about these situations? Praise the Lord. So you want to be in partnership. Get someone to pray. And I want to thank all of you that have prayed for me or do pray for me. I appreciate it. I feel your prayers. I pray for you. It's a good union. It's a good fellowship. I know Kelly prays for her praise team, and I know Charlie prays for the men. So we have to pray and lift each other up. And I don't like it when a pastor sins and, and, and commits adultery and everything, and then someone comes along and says, well, you people in the congregation haven't been praying hard enough. I mean, come on. <laughs> The man needs to pray himself, you know. You, you can't prevent someone. I mean, you can pray the Spirit off of them, but it's a help to have God 
minister and help the, the pastor. And so projects, you notice that Jesus had a prayer project. He didn't pray just once, he prayed three times. He went a little further, he prayed again, then he went a little further and he prayed again. And remember when he had that blind guy that he couldn't see and he says, can you see now? He says, well, I see men walking as trees. He said, let me pray again. I, I was praying for this uh, guy at our, our basketball uh, game the, the other week and he didn't get healed right away. He said, oh, it feels better. I go, okay, well, let me pray again. Sometimes we have prayer projects that don't happen overnight, don't happen in a week. We have to continue in prayer. We have to keep praying until we get the answer. We have to keep praying until we see the breakthrough. It's a project. It's something that we have to continue to do. And don't grow weary in well-doing. It's a project. There's one guy, uh, I don't know if you've heard of him, uh, William um, Withercourt, Wither, Withercourt, <laughs> Witherspoon, no. <laughs> No, no, it's this. It's another guy. He's the English Parliament guy. I had it written down here. Oh, William Wilberforce. Wilberforce. Okay, there you go. Thank you. Uh, he, for 30 years, was believing uh, English Parliament to make a bill to abolish slavery. For 30 years. What a lifetime project that is, right? And guess what? He has a little bit of success, but he didn't get the final enactment until he was on his deathbed. They came and they told him, William, we, 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 the, the English Parliament has finally approved your bill, and the slaves are, are going to be free. He died three days later. He, he was tenacious. He held on. He didn't give up. We were believing for our first house. It was for like a year when the, the Lord said that he's preparing a house for you. Well, we put our house up on the market. Okay, praise the Lord. God's got it. And nothing. We're going like, what kind of a prophecy is that? Then I had to think about, oh, he's preparing, preparing he had to get the, everything in order, and when, what happened was we had to wait for her mother to want to move down to Oceanside, and we bought her house. The Lord spoke to me, buy your mother-in-law's house. You'll, your wife will be happy with it. I'm thinking, huh. what about me? <laughs> I'm doing the praying. I'm doing the fasting. I'm doing the petitioning, and my wife will be happy with it. Well, praise the Lord that her mother did move down there, and we got the house at a real good rate, but that was the right timing. We put our house up, and guess what? Within a week, it was sold. Don't give up. You got a prayer project. My wife and I were praying now for the church. We're believing for that 100 people to come. We pray on our way to work every day. We have our little prayer sheets, and we pray. It's a project. We're wanting to see it happen. We don't give up. Even getting into this church, it took us a long time to get here. We didn't give up. We kept doing what we were supposed to do. Praise the Lord. Okay, last thing is um, priority. What's that mean, priority? <laughs> oh, I'll get around to it. You know, maybe, Lord, I'll, you know, maybe not today, maybe tomorrow. You know, sometimes there's some urgencies that have to be taken care of. You know, Hezekiah, the Lord said to him, you're, make your, get your business affairs in order, you're going to die. You can't put that off. Jehoshaphat, when, he, uh, when the armies were coming, he couldn't say, well, I'll, I'll pray tomorrow. No. Sometimes you have to pray because you never know what's coming down the pike. We have to acknowledge him and ask him every day what's, what's happening in our life. Amen? Um, sometimes we have that feeling, you know, our kids are at the mall, but somehow I think I need to pray right now for them. Right? 
you know, Marianne's brother was in a terrible airplane crash. And, uh, you know, it was the only crash on that airlines ever in Singapore Airlines. And the airplane went right down into a, a, a strip that had a tractor in it, and the thing hit the tractor and exploded. But what if he was praying? What if he was speaking to the Lord and asking the Lord to tell him, don't, 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 don't take that flight, right? What about the 9-11 people? Did, you know, did the Lord talk to some of them and say, don't, don't go to work yet, or stay home? Or There's situations that we have to know that we have to listen to the Lord. And I have some scriptures. We'll have to go quick because we're almost at time. So you can look these up. Psalms 5.3 says, My voice shalt thou hear in the morning, O Lord, in the morning will I direct my prayer unto thee. And we'll look up in the morning. Next scripture, 55.7. Evening and morning and at noon will I pray and cry aloud, and he shall hear my voice. They said evening first because in the Jewish time, that was the first um, part of the day. Psalms 4, 1 through 3, and we'll end with this one. Hear me when I call, O God of my righteousness. Know that the Lord has set apart him that is godly for himself. The Lord will hear when I call unto him. I found this scripture. You know, you, when you're in trouble, you find scriptures. When I, when I was diagnosed with lymphoma cancer, and uh, I said, this can't be. What in the world? I'm in the doctor's office, and I said, do you have a Bible here? No, we don't have a Bible, but we have an English Commons Prayers. You can look up some things in there, and sure enough, there was Psalms. So I started going through Psalms 1, Psalms 2, Psalms 3. I, Psalms 4 says, hear me when I call, O God of my Not I'm not righteous, but he is the God of my righteousness. Because he's righteous, I'm righteous. Hear me in my affliction, and hear me when I call and deliver me. Guess what I did? I said, the Lord heard me because I called unto him, and I'm righteous in his sight. I went up to the front desk, and I go, this is the last time you're going to see me. <laughs> the Lord is going to heal me of this. Oh, really? Yes. Well, praise. They said, very good. Can you go see the doctor now? I go, okay. <laughs> I went and told the doctor the same thing. Guess what? I'm, you're not going to see me again. The Lord's going to heal me of this. He goes, really? How's that going to happen? I don't know. <laughs> But I got his promise. He's already working in my life. Even before I prayed it, he already began working. And then two months later, sure enough, the thing went away. Just went away. The Bible says, speak to this mountain and let it be cast into the sea. You shall not doubt in your heart, but believe that those things which you say shall come to pass and you shall have whatsoever you say. So I went back to the doctor two months later and he did the test and he goes, what happened? I go, I cast this thing into the sea. He goes, you're like an Oral Roberts guy, huh? <laughs> <laughs> I said, if you have any other patients that need help, just send them to me. Praise the Lord. Amen. <laughs> All right. Are you learning some praying secrets from the garden that you can apply to your own life? Jesus was our example. We follow him. We watch him, see what he does, and then we can do likewise. And we'll see the results that we have because he loves us so much. Amen. Ivory will be here next week. She's going to continue in our points, and she'll finish up this praying secrets from Gethsemane. But let's pray. Father, I just thank you that as we hear your word and know what you have said to us, that we can just go ahead and do what Jesus did and see the results that Jesus saw so that we can see your victory, your glory upon us. And for this, we give you the praise, the glory, and the honor. And all agreed said, amen, amen and amen.